1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice And I'll see you out another time This highway does not know my name and I don't care No, I don't care Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Right to the hook. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Budget live, not so live from the LBL Bar and Grill. And that is a song written by me, performed by me in my narcissistic ways called Biloxi Blues. And I'm very excited to say that this upcoming week, this right here, Monday, December 6th, this is the podcast for Monday, December 6th. And on this very day, my man, Shannon Wheeler, at Dude Let's Fish on YouTube, right here, is on his way. He is on his way to the LBL Bar and Grill, and we are going to record some music this week, and I could not be more fired up about that. Got some new music coming. We're going to do all kinds of stuff this week. We got to play for the fine folks at StarTron and StarBright down in Montgomery, Alabama. We're playing a, uh, a holiday Christmas extravaganza wonderland event for those fine folks so shannon is making his way down from virginia he's gonna play that old fiddle but we're gonna record some new music everybody's always like man i want to hear something other than biloxi blues well guess what guess what it's coming hopefully in early uh early 2021 i got some new songs for y'all so very excited this week we're gonna we're gonna spend some time we're gonna record it right here we're gonna document it we're gonna film it oh man it's gonna be a good week it's going to be a good week. Hope all of you fine friends and neighbors are doing well out there and uh, and, and you're having a, uh, a good time getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, reminder, you got about three weeks. So if you ain't got your wife anything, like I haven't, I haven't got the triple threat anything, 
You don't want the women mad at you. You don't want the women mad at you. So make sure you're doing what you need to do. And uh, I found, I, you know, I've lived a life where, you know, I got an ex-wife. Uh, I got some ex-girlfriends uh, like we all do. Maybe not all of us have ex-wives. Maybe y'all figured that out the first time. I didn't. So figured it out with the triple threat. Um, but some of y'all women just, y'all crazy. <laughs> I found that out the hard way. So y'all know me on this show. I, I tend to speak my mind and I, and I have gone, you know, probably places I, I shouldn't at times. I, I'm opinionated. I tell things like I see it and it, and it's cost me friendships and it's cost me, you know, potential business relationships, I have no doubt at times. But, you know, I, I have I have gone headfirst into, obviously, with, you know, the just speaking my mind about things in the fishing organizations and, and things with uh, corporations lately, you know, is a hot topic. But y'all women, when I had Christine Fisher on, and I'm joking, of course, because it's not all women, uh... I had Christine Fisher on, the lovely Christine Fisher, last week, and we had a great time. That interview was one of my favorite ones from the entire year. No offense to anybody else that's been on the show. Christine is very much a fantastic, just like I said on the show, fantastic representative for the for bass fishing, for fishing in general, and, and for women in bass fishing. And so I wanted to have her on. And what I found out when you do that is there are some toxic, toxic, toxic female anglers out there and dudes. There are some dudes that attach themselves to it by by tagging people that weren't mentioned and different things like that. And so I wanted to address that right out of the giddy today because there's been so, so much from that interview was taken and jumbled up and misconstrued into just BS by people that weren't involved and probably didn't even listen to the podcast, to be honest. And, you know, Christine meant zero ill will or disrespect to any other female anglers out there. We joked about the thirst trap thing, but ultimately I I think it would be fair to say she's kind of like, you do you, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, the thirst trap thing doesn't impress her. It doesn't impress me and it shouldn't impress you. You hold up a bass grease down like a pig you know what, with your bikini on, cool, good for you. Uh, there's a lot of websites where you can see chicks, I'm sure, all old up. I'm sure. I said I'm sure for legal purposes. But I don't like my bass fishing mixed with that. And I, I think that a lot of y'all, I saw the comments, 99.9, and I hate addressing negative, because 99.99999% of the feedback and the comments and the messages I got were all great. Hey, this is a conversation that needed to happen. This is so awesome. Thank you for having Christine on. And then you had a couple people just, just get it on in Facebook and Instagram and try to make it about them, because they are not relevant in the sport of bass fishing and were probably jealous and pissed that they weren't asked to be on a podcast. And that's what I'm finding out about some of these women anglers. And and men are the same way. This is not, you know, but in this particular situation, you know, these women are, they don't like seeing other women in the spotlight. 
and and I, I say that it's not all of them. It's the ones that that are using their gender as more of a gimmick. That's when I, and Mercer and I talked about that. The ones that are playing off of it too much, too much. They don't like to see their hashtag girl power sisters doing well. They don't, and so they have to make it about themselves. And there were a couple. It just really just things that got said. You know, a I was told I sh- I should not be the one to speak on when. You, you know what? When when you have a platform such as I do, and you you respect someone such as I do, like a Christine Fisher, and you keep up with every single thing she does, and she doesn't do anything questionable, and she doesn't do anything but just work her ass off. And she and I were having a conversation one night, and and some of these things got brought up about the the you know stereotypical kind of Instagram fishing ladies out there. And she was very passionate about it. I said, hey, you, you want to do a podcast about that? This has been months ago. And she's a very busy tournament angler. And we just were able to make it work. So had her on, as, as most of you heard, and it was a great conversation. It was a conversation that I was glad to bring to the forefront. As I said on there, I have a daughter. I have a wife that is very much a hard worker that does not need me for her identity and she stands on her own feet and 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 she is a strong woman and I like that it's one of my favorite things about her and I like I liked having the opportunity to talk to Christine about this very thing man about this very thing and there were just a couple and and the main thing that I kept seeing was that Christine said she wanted to legitimate, legitimately qualify for the Bassmaster Classic? It was one. It was one thing, and there were people tagging little little internet trolls, tagging because they have to comment on everything. Tagging Kim Bainmore and uh, freaking Pam Martin Wells, and those were the first two women to make the Bassmaster Classic, and they made it through the women's trail that doesn't even exist anymore. And you know why it didn't exist? Because not many people followed it, and they couldn't get the participation at all. It, 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 it did not succeed like most of the women's organizations that we have seen from Bass and Gotten. A lot of y'all have commented, what about Jimmy Houston's wife, Chris? Amazing angler. This had nothing to do with not naming people. It had everything to do with getting Christine's story out there and her take on things. And if you look further than that in it, you're just looking for something to attach yourself to and make a comment about. So her saying legitimately, she means against the guys, against the people that she's compared to on an angling basis day in and day out. That's what she means by legitimately. She takes nothing away. Everybody's like, Pam Martin Wells beat half the field. Yep, she did. That classic was 10 years ago, and I don't remember the guy that finished in 20th or 23rd or 22nd place in that one either. It's no disrespect to Pam, but her name doesn't come up in any bass fishing conversation in the year 2020 until this, until this. So I apologize to you, Pam. I mean, no disrespect, you're a great angler. But this wasn't a show about, hey, let's talk about every woman that's ever done anything. That's not what the episode was. Same to Kim Baymore. Nothing but respect for Kim. Nothing but respect. They weren't mentioned because they don't get mentioned. That's a problem that they don't get mentioned, but they're not currently 
pursuing anything into this in this sport to my knowledge. If I'm wrong, let me know. But that that's that's why we did not talk about them. And then you got some of these leeches that attached themselves. Their woman crush Wednesday is all of a sudden Pam Martin Wells. Well, it wasn't two weeks ago. It, it is now because you need to seek attention. So I just wanted to address that because Christine's had a hell of a week, man. People just hate comments and messages from, from a certain, very certain group. And she's been reaching out to me about it. And I feel terrible. I feel terrible that she came on the show and very few people took it wrong and then chose to attack her on, on her, um, you know, her statements. And she very much defends that to this day. And if you don't think that it is a bigger story if a woman like Trait Zaldane, a woman like Christine Fisher, a woman like Melinda Hayes that just made the All-American, and countless other women that are out there, and I feel y'all, fishing sisters, y'all been messaging me. Y'all out there. There's a lot of high school and college girls coming up. Stay after it. Keep on. It's like Mercer said on LD and the MC, there's not a dominant woman angler because there's not enough of them. So keep on. But if you don't think that one of those women, if they make it, fishing against the guys that do it all the time is more meaningful than Kim and Pam making it through the women's trail, you're wrong. It is more meaningful. It doesn't make it more legitimate. The classic spot is a classic spot, but there's a reason those spots went away. Let's just be honest with ourselves. So I want to apologize to Pam Martin-Wells and Kim Bainmore on behalf of me for not mentioning them, but it was not about you in that moment. And no disrespect. Great anglers, caught fish all over the world and back, especially Kim. Been keeping up with Kim's career since I was like 16 years old, out of Australia. Amazing angler. Just in the moment, didn't get brought up. All right. That that feels cathartic. That feels better. Okay. Got to say, like like I said, I guess I should say, 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 say. I'm just going to say, say the word say a lot. I've had a bang energy, guys. And this is not a sponsor, but these things geek me up. But I've been been, uh, deer hunting this morning, and I've been up since about four, and I'm kind of like loopy. And uh, it's podcast time, so I had to dial it in a little bit with some bangs, so I may be out kicking my coverage, but I want to say thank you to the fine folks at StarTron, as you heard me and Shannon Wheeler. We're actually headed to the plant where they make StarTron. We're going to get to see that this week, and I can't wait. We're going to try to film some stuff while we're there, but I want to thank those fine folks at StarTron and StarBright for kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you Low Budget Live, Not So Live, and Low Budget Live, the Traveling Circus, and all that good stuff, Luke Duncan Fishing, for several years now. And remember, nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run. So put you a little dab of StarTron in your tank, kick ethanol on the teeth, and roll on about your day. Also, we got to thank the fine folks at Sims Fishing Products. Got to wear some Sims this week. We had, had a little rainy week uh, this past week, and I've been having to do some of them outdoor chores. You know, we got this uh, daggum, we heat our house with a uh, wood-burning uh, central boiler deal. So I've been out there having to having to be in the rain, loading in those logs. Man, I feel like a, I feel like a daggum 
mountain man out there with an axe just chopping my firewood, you know. But I've been having to wear that Sims because it's been pouring down rain a couple of days this past week. So Sims, that new Pro Dry rain suit is the deal. I love that thing and uh, very lightweight and uh, keeps you dry. So a lot of base layer stuff. I've actually just ordered me some new stuff because it's finally getting cold now during hunting season. So I am here to remind all of you lowlifers that you get one life. Fish it well. And last but certainly not least, we are waiting patiently for the official boat of low budget live in the traveling circus, and that is an express bass boat, an X21 Pro. Cannot wait to stand on that sea deck, fire up. This is this is completely a NASCAR statement, but fire up that Yamaha and burn up and down the lake. I cannot wait to get my hands on that boat. And as soon as we get it, there's going to be lots of content out of that thing. But I want to thank the fine folks at, at Express for being the official boat of low budget live in the traveling circus. All right, moving on. See, a lot of y'all complain that, that, that the show don't start till I get through all the first part about me and da-da-da-da-da and just the, the general stuff that I like to talk about. And man, I jumped right in this week. So you're welcome. You're welcome, uh, fine folks that like to tell me that. Got about 15 minutes until our guest today. And man, is it a good one? Is it a good one today? I wanna uh I wanna jump in here and say my condolences to the families of Ron Linder and Phil Marks. I I, I forgot to mention Phil last week on LBO. Mercer and I talked about it a little bit on, on LD and the MC. And then since then, since I've recorded last, we lost a legend and Ron Linder as well. And uh, I just want to say, you know. The Linder family, when I was a kid, uh, I was, you know, subscribed to In Fisherman Magazine, and I rarely, rarely missed In Fisherman Television on TNN. It was actually something that I taped on my VCR a lot. So the Linder family, and and seeing the outpouring of love to, you know, that family, it just shows you, from all professional anglers, it shows you the mark that, that they've made on so many people. So... A um, lot of respect for the lenders, and I wanted to say my thoughts and prayers go out to to you guys. It's never easy to lose a loved one, as we all know. And Phil Marks, legendary Texas angler, legendary strike king, lure designer. You know, without Phil, you don't have a 10XD, 6XD. A lot of these crazy baits he worked on with, you know, guys like Hackney, Van Damme, um, Zona, Denny Brower, I mean Todd Castledine, so much of the so many of those Strike King pros leaned on feel for lure designs, and he was not only a great lure designer, but also a great angler. And, and when you mesh those things with somebody that gets it on the water and off, man, it just uh it created some special things that that really changed the way we fish for bass, especially in deep water. So um, thoughts and prayers. Phil Phil fought a long battle with cancer and and um, and and lost that battle. And and uh, we all know that cancer sucks. So just wanted to say that. Another real quick thing. Um, we had this past weekend, Aaron Martin's International Aaron Martin's Day. And I would encourage you, all of you, even though that was a day, December fifth, and and you were encouraged to make posts. Then you know, never hesitate to make a post about somebody. Tag them in it. Let them know you're thinking about them because I think uh, Aaron is, you know, he's in a battle, you know, with that dreaded disease, and he is such a special person. And so we never need to lose sight of that he's going through that. And and there are so many going through that that aren't popular fishermen or celebrities or what what have you. But man, 
if you can just take time every now and then to just post, you know, your favorite Aaron Martin story, tag him. I'm sure that would mean a lot to Aaron and his family. But uh, we'll be thanking and praying for the uh, for the Martins family. That's a that's a good good strong bass fishing family right there, and good 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 people, good people. All right, moving on down the line. So I keep seeing just this absurd amount of griping about the fishing schedules. You know, BPT, and you can never make everybody happy. The Elite Series finally released their schedule. You know, FLW's had theirs out, BPT, same amount of bitching on those. But the Elites came out. The Opens are yet to be released. The NPFL schedule is still yet to be released. And I'm, and, and, and I'm going to tie all this together. Got to understand right now, and I, and I have said it on here, this world we are living in with COVID and not knowing what the next week brings, let alone the next month or six months or a year, this is the most difficult year to schedule a tournament in the history of tournament fishing. And being on the inside of the MPFL and knowing some of the things that they've been told or that they've dealt with and, and knowing a little bit about Bass's situation, it's, it's, it's very much the same in that the, the cities pay tournaments to come. Obviously, it costs a lot of money to have, a, have an event, and these cities actually pay for these bass tournaments to be there because you drive tourism in. Hey, this lake's great. People from out of town want to come fish your lake. People show up. People rent hotels. People go to restaurants, da, 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 on and on and on and on. And these cities have budgets for these type things. But with COVID last year, a lot of, you know, they didn't make the money because of, you know, tourism and traveling because a lot of people, you know, travel bans, different things. And so some of these cities are hurting because of that. And then you fast forward into they don't know what 2020 is going to going to bring, going to hold. So it's it's making it tricky. I've seen a lot of comments and I'm going to pull this schedule up. I've seen a lot of comments about, you know, just overall, why is it, you know, why, why is it this way? Why, you know, why, 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 why? Same lakes all the time, same lakes all the time. Well, the reason, especially now that you're getting the same lakes, and I will say there are some different lakes on here than you, than you see at the Elite Series at that national level this year. But the reason being is you have to go to the tourism director, whoever that you know in this tough situation to get a schedule booked. 99% of the time right now, I think that's the deal. You got to go in. And so, all right, let's look at this. So the St. John's River, kicking off St. John's River, then we're going to the Tennessee River, which is Fort Loudon Teleco up out of Knoxville in February. It's going to be a very interesting tournament. Very interesting tournament. Then they're going to Sabine River, Lake Fork, Slugfest, Neely Henry Lake in Gadsden, Alabama, which has never hosted an elite series. Uh, Old Bassmaster Top 100s that had an open this year. It's had various events over the years. Great lake, but Neely Henry, first time elite series. Then they go to Lake Gunnersville, which I understand, meh, Gunnersville. They've been there a million times. COVID. Then they're going to Pickwick, which for me, I'm like, meh, on that one too. But they're going to catch them. And, and I understand why fans would get aggravated with that a little bit. You're going to see a lot of the same techniques, but at the same time, Pickwick also has a lot of grass in it now, so it's not just strictly going to be a ledge fest, in my opinion. Same with Gunnersville. So going to Gunnersville in May, Pickwick in June. Then they go Lake Champlain, St. Lawrence River. 
Now, one thing that jumps out to you is it's primarily a Southern schedule. Here's why. In my opinion, the Southern states are doing their best to kind of continue life, okay? Um, As opposed to a New York, you know, you're seeing right here, and I know that they got Waddington on there. It's the last schedule at St. Lawrence. But Champlain's going out of Vermont is not New York. That's very telling to me. New York's been very tough to deal with, I think, in these situations. And rightfully so. There's a lot of cases up there. So that's why I think you're not, you don't see a St. Clair on there. There's a there's just a lot going on in those northern states a lot of the time. And I think the, the South's like trying to make it work, especially in the fishing industry. The MPFL schedule is going to look a lot like this in the aspect of it's going to be primarily in the South. You know, it's just tough, man. It's tough. And and so I hope this is set in stone. I hope that that we're able to get all these tournaments off. That's the biggest concern I have right now is are we going to be able to get it in? You know? Uh, So that's kind of – that's my take. You just got to – we got to be patient. If we want bass fishing this year, it took a hell of a lot to pull it off some reschedules, some different things. The opens were crazy. How long they were drug out, the elites were crazy. Went into the fall, things rescheduled for one thing or another. And I I just think we got to all kind of get over ourselves in that, oh, it's not the dream schedule. There's another thing you see people, well, why don't they go to different lakes? Well, because the reason they don't go to different lakes a lot of times is either the tourism, the lake's not big enough, or the tourism department at that lake may not see the value in tournament fishing. You know, there are a lot of the reason you see a Lake Hart will pop up a lot, Lake Gunnersville, Lake a Pickwick Lake, you know, pop up a lot, Lake Fork. They understand the importance of having it. They write a check. Bass is not going to turn that down. FLW or Big Five, RIP FLW, they're not going to not take a check to have a tournament there, especially if it's at a good time of year. It's a great turn. Like these lakes are bass tournament lakes, big marinas. Lots of housing. It's it's for me when I was on tour, I'd a lot rather go to these lakes like that because I know I'm going to be taken care of by the host community. You know, you know you're going to be able to get some to eat. You're going to have a good place to stay. You're going to have good tackle stores and all that. You know, you go to a secluded place. Yeah, the fishing's awesome, but when you're in the business of fishing, sometimes that can be a little distracting. So. Uh, I think it's a good schedule, you know, given given what's going on. They're going to freaking crack them. They're going to crack them. Um, I got to text our guest real quick, real fast, like, because I want to. I'm running a little bit behind. So. I think overall it's a great schedule, man. And I think some of these, uh, that kind of moves me into what we're going to talk about next and, and with our guest today, the Opens. I'm going to reset a camera real fast. So the Opens finally concluded. <laughs> finally, it feels like they started two years ago. And we got our lists Mercer and I talked it to death last week. I've talked it to death on here. Lots of people have talked every scenario and what would Bass do. But here's our list. So we have from the Eastern Opens, Josh Strasner, Scott Martin, Justin Hamner, KJ Queen, 
Pat Schlapper actually qualified in that division, but he'd already qualified through the Federation, so he doubled up, so that allowed somebody else to get in through the Easterns. Centrals, Christy, Big Jason, Greg Hackney, Kenta Kamura, and my old buddy Daryl Gleason sliding in there because Mark Frazier double qualified, so Daryl was able to get in in that division just like Pat Schlapper double qualifying in the Eastern's got a couple folks bumped up the list. And then in the overall, in the overall, this, this was wild, man. If you follow, this was one of the most interesting other, the, the elite series AOY was crazy. Uh, you know, super tight down to the last minute, but this Falcon rods angler of the year thing, Brian new, Brian new comes out by one point over Justin Atkins Matt Robertson finishes third on him, and Mark Frazier finishes fourth in that list. Of course, Mark also finishing in the top four in the centrals as well, so he double qualifies there. Brian New, who I've known for a very long time and who we're going to talk to today. We're going to get him on the phone just here in a minute, but I want to say the most, you know, there are so many storylines here. Of course, Christy and Hackney fight their way, fish their way back in. Justin Atkins was one of the five that did not sign his contract to go back to BPT. He's a young man. He's young in his career. He's a Forest Wood Cup champion, but has a, has a new baby at the house, little boy, Coop. And he has fished out of his mind in those eight Opens. And because of reschedules and things, it just worked out for him to be able to fish all of them. And he put all his eggs in that basket. And going into that last tournament, truly did not know what his future looked like for next year. And, man, he balled out at Lay Lake and almost won Falcon Rods Angler of the Year. And, man, I just – I'm proud for that dude because it, you could see he was fishing with a purpose. And he's just going to carry that. That schedule I just named off three Tennessee River Lakes – that he's, he's great on two of the three, that schedule sets up for, for some Justin Atkins holding a blue trophy at some point next year. But super proud of him. Let's see if our guest texts me back. <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> I won't tell you what he said to me because I told him I was running behind. So my guest today was a guest very early this season in January when he won the Bassmaster Open down at Lake Toho, which got him a classic berth. I said right here then, he said he was on the road to the elites all year. He's hashtag road to the elites, road to the elites. It's been an up and down deal, and, and we're going to get into it with him. But I drew this young man as a co-angler, my rookie here on the FLW Tour, and I told everybody after I fished with him, and he had already won the Forestwood Cup as a co-angler, and he had already won he won co-angler of the year that season, my rookie year. Um, and I told everybody when I fished with, I mean, he's the most impressive guy, if one of the most impressive guys that I've ever shared a bass boat with. And he's ever been a, a, a just a great human being. On top of that, and so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna get him on the phone right here. Your daggum. Falcon Rods, AOI. See if we can get him to answer the phone. Mr. Brian New. 
Sorry, we must have missed you. But if you leave your name and number, Dang we'll get back it. to you. We get we'll to get leave back to you your uh, car insurance. <laughs> Dude, you got me for like five seconds. You got me. You did. Oh, yeah. You got them damn jokes today, I see. You're, feel, yeah. you're feeling froggy now that you got that trophy in the passenger seat, huh? Oh, uh, I do. It, it's all sexy over there, but it don't look near as good as my new old lady that I got. <laughs> new old lady. Literally yeah. a new. She literally. A new, she's literally a new new. She is a, a new new. So are you headed back from Alabama now? I am. I just come through the beautiful city of Atlanta. I'm so glad to be on the north side. <laughs> uh, Pulling a boat through there is always one of the most terrifying experiences. I mean, because you just never know what you're going to get into when you go through there. I was pulling, I was coming back from Lake Murray, South Carolina one time, and a dude in front of me had a ladder fall off of a truck in downtown Atlanta, and I hit it, ran over a piece of it, and had two blowouts. <laughs> That's so, don't you love when stuff happens like that? Oh, well, and, and when does it not? I saw this week for you, and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about all this, but I saw the day before Lay Lake, you, your truck was in the shop. Talk about that. <laughs> so, I got up, um, well, actually back up a little bit. So, me and Brittany's on the way home from Texas, and uh, I think she's driving. We swapped off like every gas fill up. I drive, she drive. <laughs> and uh, a light come on, and then I looked at the voltage, and I was down to like 10 volts. Like, so I'm right, right there. <laughs> so, and then it, you know, it worked itself up. It got back up to 14 where it's supposed to be. And everything was good. I kind of forgot about it. Well, get on home, do Thanksgiving, go back to Lay Lake, there for a few days, and it's cold as all get out. And, um, which I guess it really wasn't, but, you know, first time of the year it got cold, so it felt yeah, cold. It felt cold, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was like in the low 30s, but whatever. So I get up, or I, I'm standing at Anthony Goggins' house. Luckily, he's like a master mechanic. I can do stuff, but I'm not a master mechanic when it comes to trucks and stuff like that. But I go to crank my truck that morning, remote start. I thought it crunked, you know, I wasn't really looking at it. I'm getting ready. Go to walk out the door, see my truck's not tanked up. What the heck? So I went to do it again, lights flashed, nothing. So I went out there, put the key in, turn it over, click, click. I was like, God dang it. So I put my jump box on it, <laughs> nothing. So Anthony pulls his truck around, we hooked the cables up to it, and started. Well, obviously the battery was dead, and um, we got it running. Start going to the ramp. Luckily, Anthony's behind me. I get like 15 miles down the road. Everything, it's still dark now. Everything just shuts off my light, yeah. everything. And I'm in the middle of the road, so I just pull over. You know, I'm still going, but I just pull off the side of the road. Luckily, Anthony was behind me. And I didn't have to call him. He just turned around and pulled in front of me. Finally got jumped off, knew it. But, you know, we had more problems than just the battery. And um, wound up, had to go buy alternator. Jeez. $518 later. <laughs> and uh, swapped it out that night. I was able to get to the lake and fish today, you know, left around. And, and 
Yeah, so there was uh, there was that, dude. It's always something. I mean, it is on the road, man. It's, <laughs> and it seems like that's when it always happens. It don't happen at the dang house. No, no. And I don't know if you remember it, but um, before that that first opening of the year, my transmission yes. went out all the way down there, and I had two blowouts and just constantly something. But you know, that's life. It's not just life on the road. That's life in that's general. Life. There's always. There's always curveballs, and you just, you know, I've thought about this a lot in the last couple months. You know, fishing is, is just like life. I mean, your work is just like life. Life is always going to throw you curveballs. There's always going to be bad things go wrong, you know, no matter what it is you're doing. And if you let those things get under your skin and bug you and aggravate you and and get your mind off of what you're trying to do, then you're not going to be successful. So you just, I learned to just, that stuff that happens, whatever, it is, you just shake it off, figure out how to fix the problem and move on. It's just like in a tournament, you lose a fish, you, it's it's history, you can't change it. So figure out what you did wrong and, and come back from it. Well, that, I, I love that, and that leads me to this this was without a doubt the longest year of your life just like it's been the longest year of everybody's life i feel like and it started in january in your opens debut couldn't have started any better (laughs) you know you make the classic you and i talked about it on your drive home from there and i remember that conversation we're talking about the elites, and I'm like, "Is this something you want to do?" And you're like, "Yeah, I think now that I won, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up for the Centrals too, and I'm gonna try to fish both divisions, and I'm gonna try to get in." And you've done that, and and I keep up with those just because I have so many friends fishing the opens for so many different reasons this year. So I've been glued to those things every day and looking at the point standings because I do. I pull for everybody, and you know how big of a deal it is. To make the elites, if that's your goal, that's a very big deal. And it's very hard. The open, I, I call it bass fishing purgatory, you know, because there are guys that get stuck there and never get out that are great fishermen. But you have oh, yeah. one bad day, one bad day, or two bad days in a row out of the whole year, you're done. You are toast if you don't figure out a way to overcome it. And, dude, you had a roller coaster of a season in those opens. Will you talk about that, man? Was there ever a time you're like, hey, oh, my God, I'm not going to make it? I mean, because I always felt like you would, but for you to win AOY out of that group of guys when Christy was so dominant for more of it than not, and Mark Frazier, and even Atkins at times, and then Atkins fell back. I mean, talk about that, man. What was that like for you? Dude, so it was, you know, the first tournament obviously was – perfect, literally perfect, and then I signed up for the Centrals, and then this old COVID mess hit, and everything locked down, everything was postponed, so I'm working, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have signed up for these Centrals, you know, I knew what the cost was on everything, and then I go to the first tournament, and I hate rivers, the first tournament in the Centrals is Arkansas River. And I don't have a good practice. 
and I go out there and I catch them. I mean, the first day I'm up there, the second day's a grind, and like 30 minutes before I have to run back, I said, you know what? I said, I've got to get out of here. This, I beat it to death. Everybody else beat it to death. And I'm thinking everything's spinning. So what do I got to go do? I said, and I didn't have a living, by the way. I had three fish that day, the second day. And I, I remember, I said, this creek had the right kind of stuff, the right kind of grass. I haven't been there since practice. Didn't get any bites here in practice, but I think it's the right kind of stuff. And I, and I forgot about it until this point. I wheel up in there, and the current's rolling through there, and I immediately knew. I said, you idiot, why did you forget about this? Because this was like, the, it was the juice. Like, it was very specific. I knew exactly what to look for. There just wasn't much of it. And here's all of this perfect stuff that's untapped. Nobody's fishing it, and everybody was fishing the other stuff. I wheel up in there, and I go about, I don't know, 50 yards. I flip in there in the grass. Don't. I set the hook. Three pounder comes to the top, which a three pounder is huge there. Mm-hmm. Get him hung up in the grass. And get him out. Coming to the boat, he comes off. I was like, dang it. And you know it. You know it. Kind of go back to what I was saying. You don't let it bother you. But so I did. I was like, all right, I got to keep going. Now I never come back from that. But I catch that one fish right there. I make the cut. Yeah. I, I get in. I think I finished 24th in that tournament, which, dude, is a good, good, good tournament. I mean, I got a check. I actually made a little bit of money, not a ton, but I made some money. Uh, and on that level, seriously, breaking even is a good tournament. Yes, yes I would agree with yes, you. You do want to make money, but breaking even is a good tournament. But then you make a little bit of money, you got a great tournament. So money-wise, it was good. Points-wise, it was great. And then I said, well, maybe it wasn't a terrible decision to fish the Central's as well. Then we go to, uh, what's the next one? Oh, Raver. Yeah. Not a great practice again. I bent my prop shaft in practice. The um, surge trailer didn't have any until the second day of the tournament. So I had to uh, run around. At 5,000 RPMs, the whole tournament, two days, I was, and I was fishing brush, and and uh, I'm very efficient at doing that, yes. and, you know, that's a rock and roll, pull up, do it, let's go to another one kind of deal, and I wasn't able to do that. I probably, looking back, I never, you know, I never broke down in the tournament, but I was really taking it easy. I was running, you know, 45 mile an hour the whole time, just taking it easy, trying not to make my lower unit go out. I never had a problem, so maybe I could have pushed it a little harder, but I was being safe. You know, I, I knew what was on the line. I had to play it safe. But I still had a good tournament. Um, maybe in the 20s, 30s, I don't know, but... A good tournament, made a little bit of money, great points. Then we go to Old Hartwell. <laughs> good. You, you do have a history with Hartwell. <laughs> yeah, you not do. a great one. Yeah, we've not talked about this before. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I go there and, man, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like a dummy, I had just enough large mount bites in practice fishing shallow to sucker me in when all I had to do was stay out there on spots the whole time and 
I probably would have made the top 10 or the top 12 and or at least got checked. But the first day was terrible. And the second day, guess what I go do the second day? <laughs> I go check the mouth for about two hours. I said, you idiot, get out of this stupid river. <laughs> and I go down the lake and I catch it. I mean, I have, like, I come back. I don't remember what place I was in the first day, but I moved up. Big, I think it was 80 spots, something like that. You, it was a big yeah. jump. Yeah. Big jump. So I move up and I finish 43rd, barely miss a check. So I lose money, but still a good tournament, points-wise. And then, where do we go after that? Um, I don't even remember. Yeah, oh, so then we got a little bit of a break. And yeah. you got married. I got married <laughs> to a smoking hot, crazy-ass woman. <laughs> but <laughs> she's pretty awesome, though. And the next morning... Literally, I went to sleep at 10.30 on our wet night. Everybody's out there partying, having a good time. And she's out there still partying, having a good time. I go to sleep, finally get to sleep. Wake up at 2 o'clock, 1.30 actually in the morning. They're still out there halfway partying. <laughs> she hasn't been asleep. We get the truck and we slide on down old Neely Henry. <laughs> And um, has a honeymoon with my boy uh, Joey Sapuentes. <laughs> I mean, just just every uh, every woman's dream right there, Brian. Just Joey and his cowboy hat. That's like yeah. that's like the low budget live version of the of the show Yellowstone right there. <laughs> yeah. So, but we have love a you, good old. I love Joey. Yeah, he's a good one, dude. He's a good one. But, you know, we had us a good old-fashioned suck show down there and finished 100. But you know what? I'm glad I didn't finish 101. No doubt. <laughs> leave, leave from there, literally leave from there, drive straight to Cherokee, practice. Uh, oh, started practicing the next day. Um, had another bad tournament, but not a terrible one. Finished like 53rd. No money. And I'm like, here we go, downhill, three tournaments in a row, no checks, no good points. And I said, well, I'm going to Seminole next week. Me and Seminole are pretty tight. Y'all jail. Yeah, y'all jail. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, we get on down there, and once again, not a good practice, and then it got better. And I was like, all right, we got a chance. And uh, the first day went good. Second day went better. The third day was good. And uh, finished third. Made some money. Uh, made some good money. Good money, yeah. Literally leave once again the next morning, <laughs> drive straight to Hartwell. That is not my boy. And I don't know if it ever will. Love you, Neil Paul, but your lake sucks. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a good lake, honestly. It really it's is. It's an but amazing lake, but damn, it, it it does have your number. I will, it, I will uh, say that. It has your number, and that's surprising for me. It was, it needs to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> it needs it to lose your need to lose, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, we're fishing All-American. Everybody's getting a check. Um one day, really not even, like, really, honestly, to me, a half a day of practice. Um, and eight-hour practice day, and, and it wasn't bad. Um, 
I had a game plan and I went and done it and it worked. I just didn't get any big bites. Um, but I mean, I finished 17th, made a little bit of money, not a terrible finish, made money, so that's good. That's all right. We're, we're getting it back, maybe. We're, we're, what, what is it? Um, Ricky Bobby's son, he says, do it, Dad. Get your balls back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You were feeling it. You were feeling it. I think Brittany didn't say that, but I kind of feel like she was faking it. Yeah. You say <laughs> so, I do, and then you have two or three just or two suck fests in a row. She's like, um, yeah. what did I yeah. get into here? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so uh, maybe I made uh, Texas Ranger proud. But, yes. uh so I don't even know where I went from there. Oh, I went to Louisville. That's Ugh. a long drive. Yeah. Leave, I mean, I'm talking about fish and turtle back, to back, to back, yeah. And drive and then drive. So you want to be a bass pro. So you want to be a bass pro. That's what I want everybody to get from this right now. I'm going to cut him off to say, listen to this and let it soak into your veins, folks. <laughs> oh, dude, there's a lot of sacrifice. Yes. I mean, a lot Amen, of sacrifice. Amen, man. Amen. And, uh, but anyway, we get to Louisville, continue our honeymoon with old Mr. Cowboy Joey. And, uh, again, not a good practice. And the first day I caught with three little old bass, weighed six pounds, 10 ounces. I was, I don't know, somewhere down the list. And dang, if I don't go out there the next day, and I'm thinking, so what I got to do? I said, do something different. So I'm going to go crank it first thing this morning. Dang, if I didn't catch a four pounder, like, immediately, pretty much. I said, all right. I go around, catch a three pounder. I said, all right. I run that for a while. Nothing. Dude, I pull up to a dock, and there's literally, like, 12 and a half docks on that lake. (laughs) (laughs) And... I pull up to, and I've done fish three or four of them, no bites. And uh, the three fish I caught the day before were on those 12 and a half docks. So I pull up this one dock, and I fish the whole thing, and there's one pole on the walkway, literally one pole. It's a foot, foot and a half thick. I threw a jig up there five or six times to this one pole. I just, something was telling me, that there's a fish sitting there. The wind was blowing. You could see a little current scene around the, the pole, and I just felt like there was a fish there. Well, a foot and a half of water, if a fish is sitting on an isolated target, he should bite a jig. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what, they did. But I still, I said, there's a dead gum fish there. I'm going to catch it. I set the jig down. I pick up my chatterbait. I slide it over there, and I catch a three-pounder. <laughs> I, I knew it. I told you there was a fish here. The next cast, I throw it up there again. One knocks it sideways. I said, huh. The next cast, I catch a short. The next cast, I catch a two-something. And that gave me, what, four? I think I had another one knock it sideways. And then nothing for like five or six casts. And there's a lot of fish here. I got to let it rest and come back. So I left. Come back a little while later. About the fourth or fifth cast, that old chatterbait loads up. I catch me a five-pounder. So that gave me a limit, which just a limit was huge. But I had a big one. I mean, it was probably like the third or fourth biggest bag weighed in the entire tournament. I mean, there was a 24 and a 20 and an 18. I know, but I had almost 17. So 
dude, I was I was jacked. Jeez, but I bet. I I was thinking I was gonna miss the cut. I mean, now that's real early in the morning, so I know I've got all day. But said even if I don't catch anything else, I'm, like, I'm gonna get a check. I'm gonna make up a lot of ground in the points. But I don't think I think I'll miss the cut by about a pound if I don't upgrade. Nude I fish every dock on that lake three times that day. And then plus, you know, a lot of other stuff, offshore stuff, bushes, rock, whatever, everything. And I think I caught two short fish the rest of the day. Well, I go back and I, I make the cut. I don't, I don't remember what place I was in. Maybe fifth. I think I was fifth. I start on that dock that last day, never have a bite. Fish around, fish around. Go back to the same stretch. I caught that four-pounder the first day, cranking. There's one bush in like nine and a half inches of water. My, I'm already, I done cranked by it. I go by it. My car is blitz up there, catches a four and a half pounder. It's like, you big dummy. I mean, I was happy for him, but I was like, Can I, I said, one, why did that fish not bite, bite the dang crankbait? And two, there's one piece of blew it on the bank, why didn't I flip it? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, you know, good for him. You know, I was having a dream. that one fish almost one turn for him. Jeez. That would have been awesome. He was a good dude, great co-angler. I enjoyed my day with him. But you want to talk about junk fishing, though. This whole year has been junk fishing. Um, I know that, that second day at Louisville was kind of like, you know, one little place so to speak. I mean, I weighed in three good ones off of one place and, you know, two random ones. But that last day, that place was so small, put 180 boats on a lake. Not to take the tournament out of the picture. You put 180 boats on a lake for three, four, five days practicing. Some of these guys, I mean, you know, you do what works for you, but, you know, more than, more than three or four days of practice to me is crazy. I mean, you just... This is me now. I don't. Yeah. I'm not judging anybody else. You do what works for you. But you doing this trying to make some money? You ain't gonna make the money when you practice for a week. Nine or two days. Weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But do what works for you. Um, but that being said, what I was getting at is a lake cannot handle pressure like that. I don't no. care what lake you go to. Not there's not a lake in the country that can handle that pressure. So there's not any putting pattern together. You gotta go junk it up and junk it up well. But that last day I caught three bass. One was on a jig on a dock. One was burning down the bank on a chatterbait. Actually, not even really fishing. Yeah, I was fishing, but I was just burning down the bank, casting, get, trying to get to the next dock. And then I caught a five pounder on a jig on an offshore rock. Like, yes. you know, junking it up. But I really tell you some junk fishing. So, first day at uh, wherever I just was, Lake Lake. Lake. <laughs> the first day, I'm I've started on a dock. I caught a decent one on in practice. Nothing. I fished three or four more docks right there. And I'm thinking, you know what? There's a bridge in this creek. They've been bait around it all week. I said, I know it's like an obvious deal, but. I'm going to slide over there. It's early. It's cold. Riprap bridges and bait this time of year, they go together. Even though it's obvious, it's pounded every day of the year, they, something told me to go to it. So I pull up there and, dude, 
there's literally there's three people fishing the gap on one side of the bridge. There's four people fishing the gap on the other side of the bridge. There's not a soul fishing the riprap. <laughs> I pull and I was wanting to fish the riprap. I pull up there and I catch a four or a three pound spot cranking. I said, all right, that's a pretty good start. <laughs> Biggest one I've seen in practice, you know, or all week. And I fished around, there's a boat ramp behind the bridge. So I'm going to go over there. It was a little bit shallower, so I picked up a shallower crankbait. A different crankbait now. Listen to what I'm saying. Hear me out. I catch another three-pound uh, spot on a different crankbait. Two bass, two baits. I fish around, I fish around. Um, let's see what the third one was. Oh, there was one pocket I had two bites flipping in in practice. And they was like, I, I shook one off and I caught one and it was like a 10 inch Like nothing to us. What the heck, I'm going to slide in there. It just, I, I remembered it looking good. I go in there, once again, I'm burning down the bank, going to the grass to flip, and I'm throwing a chatterbait. Actually, the exact same chatterbait I called on at uh, Louisville. Not one like it, the exact one. And I call a keeper, like a two-pounder. It's like, heck yeah, I got three. I catch one flipping in that pocket. So there's four bass, four baits. I fish around, fish around, fish around. And let me see, there was, what the, oh my, I, I had to be in at 2.35 that first day. At 1.09, I was throwing a little, a new um, Fitzgerald micro football jig. And I was throwing it on an offshore rock pile again. I called another three-pound spot. <laughs> and, uh, and that was my fifth one. And I've got, you know, running time and everything. I've got a little over an hour left to fish. So I'm running around. Dude, I run all the way back down to the dam, which is about 16, 17 miles. Fish around. I started working my way back up. I seen this little boy, I said, that looks good. I slide over there, fishing, nothing. Going down the bank, I'm literally, I'm, I'm going by this dock. I'm, I'm not even casting because I'm going around the dock. I'm so close to the dock, I can reach out and touch it with my, with my rod. And I, I looked at it, there's a bunch of cross members. It's a real low dock to the water. Now I'll skip under there and snuff. I ain't gonna catch nothing anyways. I'm gonna get hung up, waste time, you know. I saw what the heck. So I, like, I'm so close, I had to underhand skip it, and it went back here just as pretty as can be, and I started winding that thing. And now I'm going forward now. I got forward momentum, pretty fast forward momentum. Dude, it loads up, and I hook one. I said, oh my God. And it gets around one pole, and I see it, it's a good and I get it around, and I've still got this forward momentum going away from it. And I get it around that pole, and it gets around another pole. And I get a better look at it. So that's like a three-plus pounder. And I finally, I get it around. I, I start to go down and get it because I was thinking my line might have got roughed up, and I might break it off if I uh, flip it in. I said, oh, heck, I just flipped it in. Everything's good. Called it cold. You know, had whatever I had. Um, top 10 bag. You got a top the, 10 bag. Yeah, well, I catch another one. Um, I'm going down through there, and I've got not much time. And uh, I see one. I haven't seen a fish bowl in the grass all week. And I'm going down through this little stretch, 
and one boils, I just throw the chatterbait over there, catch it, and call again, like a half a pound. And I don't remember, I had like, what, 14 and a half? Yeah. was in 10 fish, maybe. So it looked my weight, and, and that's <laughs> like thing, you were dialed, but you weren't. <laughs> yeah, and, and people look at look at weights of the tournament, and they yes. think, "Oh, this guy's on them," but dude, it's not always like that. Just working hard, man. <laughs> it's Staying, working hard and keeping your head in it through all the yeah. momentum shifts and and the roller coaster ride that is bass fishing all day long, man. Because think about if you think about if you lose that fish under that dock. How that yep. could, how that could, how you know, a lot of people that might train wreck them, or when you, or a lot of people probably pulled up at that bridge and they said, "Damn it, look how many people are here." And you just went and got yep. a rip route because that's what you were there to do, anyways. Right? Yep, that's exactly right. You know, and it's just but, sticking with your guns. Yeah. So, I, the last day is what's that. This is the story of the year, and I'm kind of mad because. I've got. I've started running a GoPro this year, and I'm not really in the YouTube thing. Like it's cool and all, but honestly, I don't know what I'm doing there, and I don't have the time to mess with it. Also, um, also, Luke Duncan calls time out. Also, this is one of the most secretive little turds in the history of fishing. Also, that's why you're not going to get his goods on YouTube. <laughs> con- con- continue, Thrift Junior. <laughs> so, I'm running. Um, I'm running my GoPro and. <laughs> I, uh, the last day was just a short enough time. Like, it looked, yeah, I'm in 10th place going into the second day. And, you know, people kind of expect you to catch it. But I knew how tough it was going to be. I knew how things happened. They just happened. I didn't make them. I mean, I guess I did make them happen. Really, no, I didn't. I let them happen the, the first day. And... You know, I just had to let that let them happen again the second day, and I didn't try to force things. I did what I thought needed to be done at the moment. I didn't get, you know, oh, this is what they were doing yesterday, or what this is what these guys are probably doing catching. I didn't do that. I fished my gut, and I caught one first thing on chatterbait in some grass. It was decent. I'm like, well, I mean, it was two pounder. It was one of my biggest fish that day. And I fish, and I fish, and I fish. And I catch a keeper. I'm talking about a keeper, 12-incher, on a jerkbait. You know, I go a little while longer, and I catch a barely keeper on that little micro football jig, which is a bad, bad dude, by the way. And um, you're like, I'm not even, you know, sponsored by Fitzgerald on that side. You know, I just do rods, and I – but – that jig is, is a bad dude. Um, so, anyways, I got three, if you want to call it that, but it is three. And I go forever. And I looked at, like, I'm running back up the lake, and I'm looking at my trip calculator. I'm already at, like, 70 miles today that I've run. And uh, now, granted, from blast off to the dam's like 17 miles. So if that tells you anything, there's there's not a lot of long creeks. Yeah. Later in the day, I'm back down towards the dam, and there was this, in practice, there was this one point, and nothing special about it, but on back-to-back cast, on this one place on the point, I caught an eight-incher back-to-back cast. 
And for, you know, I never thought that there was a reason that that one cast should be in, should have been a one cast, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, okay, pull up to this place and make that cast. Yes. You catch There's That's no right. reason. There is still no reason for that cast to have been a cast. And I'm down there. I'm like five miles from there later during the day. The wind was blowing over that way. I said, man, someone go over there. What the heck? You know, I ain't got nothing really. Dang, if I don't fish the entire point, I don't get a bite, and I get to that one cast, I'm going like actually the front of the boat is by that one cast. It's already went past it. And I kind of throw back there, and I jerk my jerk right down there. Dude, dang if I don't catch one. And I kind of laughed. I actually literally laughed and said, that's funny. You know, what a coincidence. I said, well, I, I literally said the words. I guess I better make another cast over there. I throw back there. Dang if I don't catch like a 13-incher. So it's a good keeper. It's a whole inch over being a keeper, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I said, holy crap, I got a limit. So I said, I've got a chance to qualify. Dang it, I, I threw back over there. I caught another one. It was a short. Um, I fish and fish and fish, and I don't catch nothing. The wind, I've been waiting on that wind all day, and it finally got blowing. So I, I start working my way up. There's one section of the lake that I felt like was better as far as, well, one, getting bites, but two, I felt like the quality was better in that area. Because I caught four or three pounders the first day, and, you know, within a, I don't know, a four or five mile stretch. So I felt like I needed to get in that area. And I get up there, and the same stretch that I told you, the one blew up, and I threw over there and caught it the first day. I'm, I've done fish that stretch two times the second day. I'm going down through there, dang if I don't catch one like a two-pounder. And let me back up. So three of the 12 inches that I had in my limit was a one-even, and two of them were one-threes. So those ain't very large bass whatsoever. No. I catch a two-pounder on a chatterbait again, and I call a one-even. You know, that was the one that was like a line burner, like, I hope he don't shrink any. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, all right, now I've got a legit, like, definitely going to weigh in five limit. And I fish around, I fish around, I fish around. Fifteen minutes to go to be back in, checked in, and I've still got this little teeny tiny limit. Like, I'm thinking maybe I've got the leads, you know, the qualification, I hope. But definitely not going to win angler of the year. And I wouldn't have. Dude, I'm going down this stretch that I've never even seen in my life. I just, I fished everything, you know, that I felt like I needed to fish and, and a lot of random stuff. And, and I kind of seen this little deal over there. I said, man, that looks good. And I'm going down through there. And dang it, if I one don't eat my chatterbait almost right beside the boat. I like set the hook and flipping in the boat and say it all in one motion. And this is, let me get back to the GoPro. Right 30 minutes before this, it was, it had done got pretty rough. The wind had got blowing good and it was getting rough. And I hit a wave and my, I had it stuck into my, um, 
under behind my windshield. We come out and fell in the floor. So I plug it back in and uh, cut my GoPro back on and said SD card pulled. I didn't really care, you know, at that point. I said, my day's over. Dude, now I'm mad as crap because <laughs> it gets the most incredible moment of the year I didn't get on Of field. your fishing career. You've yeah, had a lot of so, incredible moments, but that was the one right there. <laughs> that was the one. The one. And then when I flipped that fish in the boat, dude, everybody in the state of Alabama, I think, heard me holler. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, man. Elite, here we come. That's awesome, man. And I pulled it in the line. Well, I throw that teeny. I looked at the 213s. I said, ah, oh, I'll keep a largemouth and throw that spot back. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I fished, you know, for a few more minutes. Run back in. Fish about two minutes right there at the ramp. And uh, go check in. And say, well, I made the leaves, but I'm not going anywhere here. They, when I weighed in, I was like just barely outside the top 12. And I was, there was 178 boats that day. I think I was like 112 or somewhere around there. So I knew, uh, no, I was later down. I was like 120s. But I knew that a lot of, you know, there wasn't a ton of people left to weigh in. So, well, I might, you know, be all right. And I, looking at the loads before, I thought that second day was going to be better fishing-wise. Yeah. Even though typically it's not, but the weather said it was going to be better. But it wasn't. Yeah, I was uh, surprised by that, too. I really was. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and me, and me and Atkins are texting back and forth, and, like, I'm not even really worried about it. I'm just like, am I going to make it or not? He said, dude, you're going to, like, they, the scale's just closed. It takes a little while to update the points. He said, you're going to win by one point. <laughs> I said, you, I, I think I literally said you're stupid. There's no way. I said, it's not possible. Well, I go get my truck. I'm, like, jacked up. I'm doing the math. I, like, I did the top seven people in the points going in that tournament. And I added it up, and it said I was I won by one point. I said, there's no way I did this right. Dang. <laughs> and it, dang if I didn't, like, sir, I was on the way back to the house, and, I, like, no service. So I called Brittany. I said, hey. And I had been going down the road, hit refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the phone, Brittany. I said, I'll fix and lose service, but get on there right now and hit refresh until it actually updates. And as soon as it does, you call me and... Damn it, she, she hit it or she called me and she said she did it. And dude, I was like, no way. Man. It was, uh, it was, it was a, it was an incredible deal. <laughs> I mean, awesome, just to qualify is it, a, a dream come true, you know, a lifetime dream come true. Um, I know there was a point when I was growing up, I always wanted to fish. And I said, I'm going to do it. And then I started seeing a little bit, you know, how I went, I didn't see nearly what I've seen the last 10 years, but I seen how hard it really was going to yes. be. I thought I did. Yes. And in reality, I didn't have a clue how hard it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be hard. So I kind of backed up, got a little bit more. And then, you know, it's just a little bit farther, a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer every year. And, dude, I 
I'm going to the Bassmaster Classic, <laughs> and and I'm going to fish the Bassmaster Elite Series as Brian. Man, I, <laughs> listen, man. I, I, what you just said right there, and we talked about it in January, and I've known you for a long time, had the pleasure of fishing with you, watching your career as a, as a fan and a friend, and you have always been a guy that's been wise beyond your years, but very calculated in what your fishing plans are for obvious reasons, because like you said, it is very tough. It's very tough financially. And and I, and and for those of y'all listening to this, if you hear Brian a lot of times. He's like, "We made some money. We did this. Everything, you know. This guy don't have a trust fund at the house backing all this. He doesn't have a million sponsors. This is his love. This is his life, and it's a business for him. And he's very good at it. But he has held off. He could have fished the FLW tour several times and passed on it. No, I want to get better. No, I want to fish the coasters." Now I want to do this. And now you are the freaking angler of the year in the opens in what I consider to be the toughest opens year ever because of the schedule, the field. It's always tough, but I think this year was absolutely as tough as it gets. And now you're going to the freaking classic and like you said, the elite series. My my next question, and and I won't keep you a ton longer, but my next question, and, and maybe the most important is, so how are your current sponsors? I mean, I know they got to be elated, but do you think, or you, you know, what do you think in title deal wise for next year? I mean, these are all things that it's February is going to be here before you know it. So, have you already started making calls about that? You're an elite series rookie. You're a classic contender, and you are the freaking angler of the year. What are you? I mean, is it too early to ask that question, or what's going on with that? Man, so. I mean, in reality, somebody knows the business side of the stuff like you do. And, and several guys that are really good at that side have told me, you know, all year, hey, you need to be talking to these people saying, hey, if I qualify, you know, let's let's have a deal in play. And it, it kind of goes back on what you just said about being smart about money. And, yes, I should have been doing that, but... I had two options, and I've always had two options since I started doing this. One, go to work and make a guaranteed paycheck and guarantee you're going to pay your bills and hopefully keep going well and making money fishing, and hopefully stuff will come to you. I know coming that stuff coming to you is, is not an easy thing, and it doesn't happen every day. Or I could quit my job. Worried to death about feeding my family and paying my bills, and chase chase that unicorn, you know, that's really hard to catch. And I decided, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm going to make a living. I'm going to go to work, and I'm going I'm going to let my fishing talk for itself. You know, hopefully it talks good. It's not bad. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it, it has talked well this year. Uh, it's really late in the year to be trying to get stuff. Um, it is. It's a unique situation. So, unique situation. You know, that being said, um, I've already talked to some people this morning. I'm going to continue to talk every, you know, from here on out. And I'm going to make time for it. I've got two big cards I've got to play now. And, you know, it, it's a lot better than a what-if card. Yes, and, um, I agree. So, I know it's late in the year, but you know what? I hope, I hope something comes about in... You know, uh, I tell you what, and 
And I, I live my life, every second of my life, by this. I'm not straight claiming to be the best person in the world because I'm not, and, and nobody really is. But I do try to live my life by this. And I've got a plan. I've got dreams. But the good man upstairs, his plan is better than my plan and your plan and everybody else's plan. And it, if he wants me to get a deal, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do my part to try to get it. But if, at the end of the day, if he wants me to get it, I'm going to. If not, um, we're going to go back to Ricky Bobby and uh, probably going to put some cougar on the side of my boat <laughs> yeah. next year. And it's going to save me because, let me tell you what. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm here for. That's what I wanted to hear, Brian. That's what I wanted hey. to hear. I want Brian new on the side of that boat. Hey, he might be. I hope he's not, but if he, <laughs> he may be. Somebody's paying that way, and uh, it might be Brian. Well, Nick. here's the so thing. If it. you don't get a cougar, if you don't get a sponsor, and I don't see a cougar on that boat, I, we're done here. Like, we're done. I need a cougar on that boat. I need Brian New to be the Ricky Bobby of the Bassmaster Elite Series because you're very much, if you ain't first, your last mentality, I think you're going to be first more times than not next year. I think we're going to see Brian New lift a blue trophy and make the Classic again because the schedule looks really good for you. And, and, and you know, oh well, and let's be honest, it looks good for all you Stone Cold Killers that are coming in and the Stone Cold Killers that are already there. Schedule looking yeah. good. Uh, yeah. But, but dude, I, man, I, I'm, I'm so excited just talking to you, hearing you pumped, man, and knowing you as long as I have. I just want to say congratulations and uh, on a crazy good year. And dude, I'm I'm pulling for you, man. I, I you know that you know I've always been one of your biggest fans and uh, and had a lot of confidence in your ability since the first time I ever fished. I'm like, yeah, this this guy, okay, this guy's a uh, this guy's a superstar. And I felt that way. So I mean, obviously my FLW career didn't go like I wanted it to go, but the, in the day I fished with you. And I'll say this to you on, on air, like, dude, and, and I called him that day, made the cut, you know, best tournament I had all year that year, that rookie year. And, dude, I'm like, this cat needs to be in the front of, of every bass boat out here. There's so many guys that don't belong out here. This guy belongs in the front of this boat. I mean, dude, you, you're, you're, a, you're a great angler, man, and you're going to do big things in this sport for a long time to come. And, and uh, I just appreciate you giving us – giving us the time and breaking down the whole year, man. It was so much fun, so much fun listening to that, and I hope everybody uh, enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, yeah. I've got a few more things I've got to say. Though. Okay, Brandon. you got to want to talk about breaking down the year. Um, I kind of said a little bit about it, but the most, yes, I won a tournament, I'm going to the class. Yes, I, I won Angler of the Year, and I'm going to the Elites, and I beat some hammers to do that. But the most important thing of this year is I've married the love of my life. And let me tell you what, you know, it might sound corny and lovey dovey. I'm going to tell you right now that the, the, the everything that Brittany and my daughter now, Braylon, have put in my life, I mean, it, it, you cannot describe it. There's not words for it. The joy, the confidence to know that everything's going to be okay no matter what. All of that is a huge, huge, 
part of my success. That's awesome. Man. And without that, I mean, you know, when it, when you love somebody the love way that you love your family, and I mean, yeah, yeah, I had you know my, my other family before, but then you know your your wife and kids is a little bit different part of your family. Very when different. you have that, you have a different purpose to live, and. You know, I don't even know how to explain it. That is the greatest thing that's happened to me this year, and it's going to be the greatest part of the rest of my life. And um, another thing, we've already kind of hinted on it, but I, people ask me all the time, you know, what would you do, you know, if you wanted to fish professional? And, dude, the biggest advice, I don't care if you're broke, and four, like I was, um, I don't care if, you know, you're a millionaire and money is not an option. If you are, hey, good. I am not, not jealous of you. I'm happy for you. That's the cards you were dealt. Play them. But I don't care what, how much money you have, how much talent you have. Do not try to force it. Let it happen. You have to let things happen. You work your butt off. You try to outwork everybody. And it's not just fishing. This is life. Everything, man. Life. Absolutely. Everything in life, you work as far as you possibly can. They're not going to give it to you. They're not going to no. give it to you. People think, you know, they see stories and they come up with things in their head that people get things given to them or it's easy. But listening to you, listening to every successful person I know, man, you got to work for it. Got to yeah. work for it. And, and you can't. So, and I had a guy ask me the other day, young kid, new kid, and a heck of a fisherman. But he, he said, uh, he was thinking about fishing the Opens next year as a pro. And I'm, I may be wrong on this, but I swear I think he's in fixing graduate high school. And I said, you really, truly want my honest opinion? He said, yeah. I said, I'm not here to hurt your feelings, but my honest opinion is you need to go fish. Go fish the Opens or the Toyotas as a co-owner. I said, one, I, I, he's never fished out of state. Two, you know, well, the biggest thing to me about traveling fishing as a co-angler is, one, you're going to learn some stuff from whoever you fish with. Two, you're going to see that everywhere you go is different than where you grew up fishing. Mm -hmm. And three, you're going to make yourself learn stuff. Yes. I made myself learn how to catch fish in situations that I had no control over. Uh, when I was fishing going, I had to make. Such good I had advice. To out, yes. Yeah, I had to figure out how to catch a fish with what was in front of me Absolutely. that I had zero control over. And and I would tell that to anybody: if you want to be successful, do not go head first. Me Work too. your butt off and don't try to force it because if it's going to happen, it will. But if you go out there and you have a bad year, there's two major things that can happen: one, you can go broke. In a hurry. Very easily, yes. In a hurry. And two, you can hate it. You'll absolutely, you go yeah. out there. Yeah. If, if I go, if I would have done it, jumped in head first, went and finished, you know, didn't get a check ever, I wouldn't want to do it. Even today, if I have a bad tournament and we're not just a bad tournament, but when every decision I make is wrong and 
even knowing the success that I've had, when I do that, I seriously promise to you that it goes through my mind, what are you doing? You have no clue. You have absolutely zero reason for being here. And I honestly believe that for that moment. Yep. We're and all, it's a very, it's a manic sport, dude. It's up and down. It is that way. Yep. And then I, you know, you just I always try to find the positive in the negative, and you know, it, it works out. You know, you you have a bad tournament, you get pissed off for a day and a half, you shake it off. It's like, oh, you you didn't suck that one time, so maybe you won't make <laughs> <next> it. <time." laughs> That's amazing, man. Brian New, you're headed for big things, my friend. I know I you are. So. I, I appreciate hey. you coming on. Everybody well, listening, make sure you go follow Brian on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I know that sounds that sounds silly to some of y'all probably, but that's a big deal for these guys, making sure you interact with them, making sure you keep up with their careers, especially for Brian, whose career has been going on a long time, but now he's fixing to be at the forefront of the national scene more and more and more. Keep up with him. He's a great guy to learn from. He's a great guy to keep up with, as you've heard here, but make sure you're following along with Brian New uh, for sure on all social media. So, Luke, what deal did – we made a deal, and I completely forgot about it. I just thought about it. When when we were talking earlier in the year, we made a deal that if I won the Classic, we – I had to do something. I forget what, what? what it was. I'm going to go back and listen because we got to, I got to hold you to it. I, I think, sure gotta, what was it? I swear it was going like on a bill fishing trip or something like that. It was, it was, uh, we you were taking a, you were taking a bunch of us somewhere like me, JT, Kenny, Thrifty, and somebody else. You were, it was, there was somewhere you were taking us. If you want to I swear we were going to catch a sailfish or something, mate. It was. We gotta go back and This is very important. Oh, it's still up. It's forever on oh, yeah. YouTube and, and uh on the podcast channel. So yeah, I gotta go back and listen, buddy. I gotta go back and listen because I'm gonna hold you to that. Atkins still owes me from a bet that we made before he won the damn Forestwood Cup too, and I'm fixing to get on his second place AOY <laughs> self about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I hope you don't see a cougar on my boat next year. <laughs> but, but it is still there. It is the chances. The chances there, and I, I yeah. think there would be nothing more amazing other than the fact that you're footing the bill. <laughs> I think the cougar rap would be the most photographed rap in Bassmaster history. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, well, be safe. I better make sure Will Ferrell's not going to copyright. Yeah, make sure you don't get sued. Nobody wants to get sued by Hollywood. That, that's endless That's right there. Brother, be safe going home. I know you're looking forward to seeing that family. And uh, congratulations on everything this year, man. I couldn't be I couldn't be happier for you, dude. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I'm going to get home, and I'm going to get this old truck and boat unpacked today, and I was gonna watch the boat, but I think me and old Todd, I was gonna slide down and go get it a little filthy with some striper slime. <laughs> you you so, never uh, stop, man. You never stop. No sir, no sir. That <laughs> is stop that is stop. that striper fishing is something else, buddy. Oh, I know I y'all, get, y'all get on them every single year. Well, tell Mister Alton I said hey and uh, give me a holler, dude. Good luck with everything this off season. 
All right, buddy. Short I appreciate all season, it. by the way. Short all season. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I don't Short even know how you spent It's that. not an off season. It's not, no. It's, it's not an not. off season. It's two months. No. So get your butt ready and uh, and holler at me, dude. I appreciate you. All right, son. Let's go do work. Let's do it. All right. See you, man. Brian, Brian knew. Man. Man, what a conversation. Just listening to him, just, man, it's so inspiring. I, I hope y'all, I know the conversation was was long. You know, sometimes sometimes you just, I, I just get so caught up in listening to, I mean, he broke down his entire year. That is the Bassmaster Opens Angler of the Year after eight long, strenuous events. And hearing him break that down was so cool to me. And like I said a hundred times, I've known Brian a very long time, and man, I just I can't quit smiling for that dude. That is uh, so excited for these guys. This this Elite Series class coming in this year, I think it's truly one of the toughest ones we've seen. Um, obvious, you know, the obvious, the the Christies and Hackneys and Atkins, um, but man, Daryl Gleason, Matt Robertson, Mark Frazier. Uh, Kenta Kamura has caught the heck out of this. KJ Queen, who I don't know, but Justin Hamner and Josh Strasner are two just freaking nature fishermen from Alabama. They're going to have a lot to say in that freaking schedule that came out. I know those guys are excited. And, of course, Scott Martin, man. Scott and uh, Pat Schlapper. But, you know, th- and Scott had that up and down year, too, and squeaked in the last tournament. But the elite's just, you know, just piling back on, man. Already a really tough field now. Now you're adding to that. I want to say a huge congrats. I forgot to because I was rushed with Brian getting him on because we had a we had a time that we had uh, scheduled. Keith Carson, man, an NPFL angler. Keith Carson wins the Bassmaster Opens, going to the Classic, one of John Cox's best friends, team tournament partner. Very cool. Won it in John's boat. And I want to say congrats to Chris Malone, who won the Toyota Championship up on one of my favorite lakes, Lake Cumberland, 200-and-something boats. $235,000 richer. And that's a big deal, man. And Toyota, the Toyota Series, FLW, MLFLW, Big Five, uh, they're doing that again next year down on Pickwick, 200-and-something thousand dollars again. Phoenix chipping in thirty-five grand on that. I, I've said all year that's a big deal. 235k so congrats to uh to chris malone on that um forgot to mention that earlier just wanted to wanted to say that that's a big deal that's a big opportunity you fish three tournaments to qualify for that entry uh fee free championship it's a good deal my, my only bummer they didn't have live coverage at that and i feel like that you know you beat dudes and get to that top 10 you you deserve that but uh 235k he's probably not like damn it I didn't get any live coverage. <laughs> He's probably like, no doubt about that. All right, friends and neighbors, let's move on. It's time to uh, shut her down. Thank y'all for listening. I, I really appreciate it every single week. Uh, I, I love that uh, I get to do this, and um, it's it's a lot of dang fun. Cannot wait to see y'all again next week. Going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues, and I'll see y'all Wednesday on an all-new LD and the MC with my man Mercer. Y'all have a good week. Civil War ghosts, well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. 
North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know, right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience, brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts, every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.